Hey, 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 how's it going out there, my mushroom lovers? Oliver Carlin here, and I'm the Mushroom Man. Today, we're gonna to be talking about some different types of mushroom experiences, and also, what does it mean to wake up, and what do you do if you wake up, and how do you live your life afterwards? So the big question is this. With over 10,000 different species of mushrooms, how do people that want to benefit from their various medicinal properties accurately identify them in the wild, grow them at home, or make them taste delicious without having to read confusing medical reports and possibly eating a poisonous look-alike by mistake? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Oliver Carlin, and welcome to Curative Mushroom. All right, all right, so we're back. Um, awesome, awesome. So yeah, um, I'm really excited about this. So this this launches season two of Curative Mushrooms podcast. For those of you who've been following my podcast, um, maybe some of you didn't even know I had a podcast um, <laughs> because I haven't published in so long on my podcast, but we finished season one. Like I haven't done my podcast in like a year, but. I'm ramping up the podcast again now. This is episode one of season two, and the theme of season two is going to be waking up, okay? And what does waking up really mean? And when it comes to mushrooms and the different types of mushrooms experiences and stuff like that. So, um, but before we get into that and we start talking about what waking up really means and what my experience with it is, I'm going to introduce my friend that I got on with me right now. Um, his name's Chase. Um, we can call him Panther, and he's actually the founder of a company called Lone, um, not Lone, <laughs> Sharp Survivalist. <laughs> Lone Survivor, uh, Sharp Survivalist, and he's doing a lot of cool stuff over there. But one interesting thing about Chase that I find really interesting, and is with his waking up experience that he had in his life, he didn't. Um, he was able to do it in a different way than me where I, um, I used mushrooms and he, he was able to accomplish it in another way. So anyway, um, I'm gonna turn it over to you for a second, Chase, if you wanna talk a little bit um, about maybe um, who you are so they know who you are and what you got going on. Hey, thanks, Oliver. I really appreciate the introduction, man. It's completely awesome. Um, just like you said, I'm Chase. You guys can call me Panther, uh, the founder indeed of Sharp Survivalist. Um, just to kind of give a rundown of I guess my waking up process, it was uh, really different because mine started as a kid. And I, I was always interested in, you know, connecting with the universe around me. And I didn't really grow up in a, uh, a super like forced religious household. So I was able to, to expand and, and look in different areas and really do my own research on what exactly waking up was for me. And honestly, I just dug my head in some books and started reading over ancient texts from thousands of years ago and something in my spirit just kind of clicked one day and that was like my aha moment i think that happened when i was about like 14 or 15 and it's just been a, a super wild experience ever since and uh i think kind of that's brought me here to my journey and how i met oliver and and what we're doing together now and i'm, I'm super excited about this me and oliver have been friends for years now and uh like we kind of just like looked each other in the face one day and we kind of just had that vibe we're like oh snap we're on the same level <laughs> it was kind of cool, but uh, yeah, that's a little bit about me, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to this podcast with you all, so thanks for being here. Yeah, man, thanks for being on with me. I know you're busy, and you got a lot of stuff going on, so um, I'm really excited about this, to launch this with you, and you know, <clears throat> so I'll just start talking a little bit about, you know, what, what when I talk about waking up, what, what originally happened to me and this will give a little background on, you know, my, my, what I, when I think of waking up, what, what it means, right? We'll start, when people talk about waking up, um, it can mean a lot of different things, I think. And it can mean, a, and it can be different for each person. And I know for me, um, when I originally got into mushrooms, you know, I didn't know much about them. And I started learning a lot of the stuff that, um, 
that they can do for people. And I've seen these amazing health benefits like depression, PTSD, anxiety, and addiction. And it was helping all these people. People were contacting me at Curative Mushrooms, like telling me how mushrooms had literally saved their life. Um, because I still remember the one guy that contacted me and he's like, dude, I was literally committed suicide and I was successful doing it. Like he, he locked all the doors in his house. He overdosed on medicine and he was clinically dead, but somehow someone had found an open door in his house. A friend just happened to come by, found him there, rushed him to the hospital. They revived him in the hospital, brought him back. And since then, things like mushrooms have literally allowed him to find a newfound love for himself and everyone around him. And, and it's, it just, it blew my mind, like just a single dose of what some of these things to do. And mushrooms is just one of the things, right? I know there's also other things like DMT, ayahuasca, um, LSD. There's a lot of other different plants out there that can help people. Um, and, but I know I was really, when I heard all these stories about mushrooms and what they could do for people, I know for me, I got, I want, I, I started reading about something called a hero's journey. And, and so I, I remember thinking, man, that sounds interesting and all the health benefits. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to do this. And when I was about to do it, I was in Costa Rica in the jungle and it was the day before I was about to do a mega dose which for me was like seven grams. And, and I remember, uh, I got so nervous. I got so nervous right before it was about to happen. And I almost left. I was like, I'm about, I told the guy I was there with, I was like, dude, I'm, I'm going to leave. Like, this ain't going to work for me. Like, <laughs> like I, <laughs> I was like, man, I don't want to turn into like, I don't want to end up in a mental hospital. Like, I don't know. Like, you know, or, you know, I was, I was starting to worry, like, it's gonna, is it going to change who I am? Like I had this idea, like who I was, was um, I was comfortable with the way I was. And what does that mean? I'm going to change who I am. And, and so a lot of things were really scaring me. Thankfully, I had the courage to go through it. And I did a mega dose in the jungle in Costa Rica that day. And um, I can get into a little bit more about what that means. But how about you, Chase? Like, what, what was like for you when you, you, you woke up a little bit differently? And for you, how did that... How did that look like for you, like before leading up to you having your experience to gaining that understanding? Like, how did that look like? Um, thanks, Ali. Yeah. Uh, so for me, <laughs> uh, my process was, a, was, like I said, like very different. Um, I didn't I was a kid when I woke up and like when I had my aha moment, I was in a, I was in high school. I had this friend uh, in high school. His name was Hamza. And we would we would have these same kind of conversations and like just generally just questioning everything. It's like kids do like, why do we believe this because of whatever reason? Like who said that this is the truth and why do we have to believe that? And, uh, you know, mm -hmm. one day we stumbled across a YouTube channel together um, and we ended up watching a couple videos. And for me, like this, this thing just like clicked in my mind or something deep inside me was just like, I think you're on to something here. And so it was really just a process mm -hmm. of just hard, hard reading uh i spent years just reading hundreds if not thousands of, of audio books and just like putting myself in the place of these people we would call like yogic masters and just just really diving into the actual spiritual experience of spiritual wisdom and for me um that synthesis it was like sitting at the feet of the masters and it was like i felt like i was on a psychedelic experience while i was while I was mm. in tune with these things that I was understanding. It's like almost like you read any other religious text, like how it resonates with you is going to create a response. And for me, mm -hmm. uh, I just got to a point one day where I was like, all of this stuff that I've been ingraining into my mind and into my spirit, whoa, this is what it actually means. And like, that was my, that if that was my, my mm. pre seven grams moment. <laughs> that was like my, my, uh -huh. Your what? <laughs> that, was, that was my pre, my pre seven grams moment. Like if I felt like I had a seven gram okay. moment, it was, it was mentally, that's what it was for me, you know? So that, that's, um, that's how it worked for me. But as far as like how that affects me now and, and where I'm moving towards, I think my, my reality is completely different from what it was before. And I think it's very similar to, you know, what you guys are experiencing and what you guys are achieving with, uh, you know, your your mushroom trips. And 
I don't really think there's any like major difference besides how we're experiencing these things. And I think it's like different avenues to the same destination and we're all getting there together. And I think that's, it's freaking awesome, man. And I'm super excited. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting for you, right? Because for what, um, you, you had a lot of questions, right? Things were adding up for you, right? In the way that the belief systems that people were pushing on you in, in life and the things that, you know, people basically kind of say, this is the way life is. This is the way things are supposed to work. And for you, that just, the pieces weren't coming together, right? You were like, nah, something, something ain't right. And so you actually went out and started to look into this stuff and do some research and do like, um, would, would you do meditation at all? Uh, tons of it, dude. Like yeah. I, I probably from the time I was like 14 to the time I was 17, I was almost literally in a constant state of meditation. And, and I don't mean like the standard mm-hmm. kind of meditation to whereas like, you know, you're sitting there with your legs crossed like this, like meditation, what it actually is, is anytime you're, you're, you're concentrating within that's a state of meditation. So literally I spent years upon my, my path of study. And that was actually a realization point in itself. Like what is actual meditation? Like I had to, I had to break everything down to bare bones and really get down to the nitty gritty of what Mm -hmm. actually I was doing and why it was important and why it matters and everything from psychology to spirituality, all the way down to the science of how I breathe, like everything. And, um, I spent years in a constant state of meditation, uh, deep concentration on the inner self. So yeah, that's exactly right, man. Give me one second. I need to get my tea. Yeah. Oliver's always drinking tea. Every time I see him, he's always got some fancy tea. (laughs) It's like, it's like this dude's, I'm like, where did you even get that? He's like, I don't know. I got it from some. (laughs) This is my mushroom tea. (laughs) Man. Mm. Better now. Yeah. So it's interesting, you know, that you say that about meditation, because on our, my last mushroom trip that we did in Costa Rica, um, we had a member out there that was with us and he had been practicing severe meditation for like 10 years. And it was with, um, he, like he'd been studying it and doing this and he was very, very into meditation. And it was funny because he did a, he did the mega mega dose. He did more than me. And then after like, I don't know, 30 minutes into his trip and you could see he was going through it and he comes walking down to me and the other guy I was with and he says, I'm already enlightened. I just didn't realize it yet. (laughs) He says, I had to come all the way down here to Costa Rica and eat a pound of dirt (laughs) to find out that I was already enlightened. (laughs) And, uh, But it's interesting because when you said that too, and I was like, man, there is something to meditation. And to speak on meditation for a second, me personally, um, one thing for me, I know that I've been doing with meditation is like, I feel like I'm always meditating now. Like even if I walk through the woods or the forest, I'm always in a state of meditation. And to me, meditation is, is just, being present in the moment and being aware of your spirit and being aware of occupying this body and being aware and just being aware of everything. And dude, oh my God, it's like a download. Like there was this one moment I was, I was walking through botanical garden and dude, I was, I felt like I was on a mushroom trip. I'm like, I'm looking around. I'm like, what the hell's going on? And I didn't do any mushrooms that day. And I was like, dude, this is nuts. And so I truly appreciate the power of meditation. And I actually work on that every day myself. So um, yeah, yeah, man, that's, uh, that's pretty impressive. So what does that mean now? What does it look like now that you under, like, what, what did you, what, what was it, what was it like when you, what did you realize? Like, what was the waking up? Like, what was the thing that's like, oh shit, I, this is what I was missing or something like what? What was, what, what does that part look that's like? A, that's a really like amazing question. Cause I, I can almost guarantee you that almost everyone here is probably either has the same question or has experienced the same question at some point. And my, like my moment where it was like my, my thing that I realized that it was like, holy crap. It was sort of a mixture between, um, 
like that guy you had in the in the jungle, like, hey, I'm already enlightened. But B, mm. the the idea of separation, like the idea that you and I are two different beings, just like evaporated. Like everything that would separate mm. me from another thing, like even me and that TV on the wall behind you, like at the end of the day, mm. even for those who are like science heads, right? Because I'm a scientist too. And the Big Bang Theory, right? Everything came from a mm. single point. Like that was it. Everything. So if, with that logic alone, if that's even remotely true at all, that means everything and everybody you experience in your entire life, all is exactly the same. And it's just a different reflection mm. of the same thing. And, and that was my <laughs> like. That was the that was like was like holy fuck yeah. like what's going oh, on right now right? And I remember when you came by my house the first time like I didn't know you were woken up right? I didn't realize you were enlightened right? And I remember I still remember you were in the other room and I asked you I said so what's your thought on religion? And and we started talking a little bit about it. And then I don't remember what was said exactly, but some, there was this connection all of a sudden, like, as soon as I realized that you, you understood the same thing I did, it was like, we were almost like one person all of a sudden. It was just like, bam, I was like, holy crap. It's almost like I, I need to introduce myself. I'm like, hey bro, what's going on? Like, <laughs> like this whole time you've been enlightened and you, and, you know, I didn't, why didn't you tell me? It was so weird. It was, and it's, and I don't know if people can understand what that's like, but ever since I've woken up and you meet someone else that is, it's, you have this special connection. It's like instant. It's like, oh shit, he gets it. It's like your part. It's like, it's almost like vampires or something where now you're one of them. And they're like, oh, hey, brother, yeah, what's going exactly on, man? You, you finally woke up? Yeah, that oh, cool, cool. Welcome to the, welcome to the, um, the weird shit now. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it felt like. That's a perfect analogy. Like, you get skipped into like the, <laughs> to the vampire side. You're like, oh yeah, welcome. Like, this is all the cool shit that's behind here now. Like, that's exactly what it felt like. The trip, yeah. man. And every day for me, I know for me personally, like every day is just more and more insightful. And like, I continue to microdose every day. And I've noticed since I started microdose, I mean, I was in the military, right? You, you know, for 20, you're in the Navy now, but I was, I was in the military for 20 years, right? So I didn't experiment with any drugs when I was in the military. Otherwise I get kicked out, right? They, they piss test you and stuff like that randomly all the time. So <clears throat> it wasn't until I retired that I really started like experimenting with these things. And I had even no, I had no idea like marijuana is, is a psychedelic. Like I had no idea. All my friends were smoking pot when I was a kid and I had no idea that it was a psychedelic until I took it at my dad's house. When I was on, I, I was there for a few days just visiting and he said, here, you know, I want to smoke some pot. And so I, I took a hit, couple hits, 15 minutes later, I was like, oh shit, like what's going on? I thought I was on a mushroom trip and I was like, I gotta go lay down. I was like, <laughs> I didn't know how to deal with it. <laughs> but um, you have some experience with marijuana too, right? Uh, indeed I do, yeah. So uh, when I was, uh, before I joined the Navy, I uh, unofficially smoked a lot, <laughs> smoked a lot of pot, man. <laughs> I smoked a, I smoked a lot of pot, man. It was, it was, <laughs> it started off as a social experience, you know? Um, but as I started diving into these journeys and I, and I understood that like these things actually played roles in the actual spiritual awakening of like mankind and like humanity mm -hmm. in general. And here's what's crazy. Like fun fact about like marijuana. So everyone here is probably aware that like the active chemical is THC, right? Like that's, that's the, the psychedelic compound in marijuana. Mm -hmm. They actually found it like back in like 2009, like they did some laboratory studies on a meteorite that had landed in like the Midwest somewhere. And there was traces mm. of THC on the meteorite, which was like complete proof that THC is an extraterrestrial compound. 
It's crazy. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, wait a minute. So I'm smoking something that's from a different planet. Like that just, it like completely opens like 9,000 other doors as far as how <laughs> it got here, what it's actually doing here, why it's illegal now. You know what I mean? It's just mm-hmm. like, it, totally. It's it answers so many questions. It just, it's like, it almost like it makes sense yeah. now. It's like, oh, that makes a lot of sense that this is not from here. And, you know, it's funny, Gemma, my friend Gemma, she has an organization that's a nonprofit. I've told you about her and in New Mexico. And she, they, they, they do a lot of plant medicine and they have a whole organization set up around protecting their members to do these things. And I'm a member. But the interesting thing about their location is no, it's close to a location in Mexico where I don't remember the whole story. She's got it all documented on her site and everything. But the location in Mexico, all these mushrooms grow naturally from the earth. And it's in this one, lo- it's like abundantly, they just fruit all, all year long in this location. And there's these monks that literally live there in Mexico and their whole lives are desig- um, dedicated to protecting that area. And it's been like that for like, I guess hundreds or thousands of years. And, um, and it's just passed down like generation to generation, they protect that area. And it's believed that that's the location um, where mushrooms were introduced to the world, like our planet from another planet. And, and they have a lot of, she could get into way more detail. Like if she was on this call right now, maybe I'll do a podcast with her eventually, but she, um, but that, that brings up another point. Like, you know, you, you're talking about THC and being found on from another planet. Well, it looks like mushrooms are the same thing. Mushrooms aren't from this planet either. They're from another planet. And if you think about it from that side of things, it makes a lot of sense. Like why we're having these different experiences and stuff like that. And you know, didn't the military, you might know more about this than me, but didn't the military just declassify a ton of like UFO sightings to just show like, hey, aliens do exist now. You're not, you're not this weirdo yep. that, you know, is wearing foil on his head if you're talking about aliens now. Like it's, it's like known fact yeah. that aliens exist. Yeah, no, known fact, it's 100% true. Um, and for anyone who may doubt me on this, the CIA, I think it was 2018. So around the same time, and it's funny how like the world works, like things will get swept under the rug as some global catastrophe is coming in. So like around the same time COVID kind of like swept in, the CIA declassified UFOs. And just for the record, like I've seen multiple of them myself just via the work I do, like on on Mm -hmm. video of my own, like just looking at like pilot records and I've seen them. Like, so I I knew they were real before they were declassified. I just couldn't talk about it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, declassified, Mm -hmm. they are real, they've been real and it's a thing. So that's 100%. So there you go. And you know, it's funny. I was watching this other, um, for anyone out there listening, there's this, there's this other site called Gaia and it's actually an app on your phone. You can download it. They've got tons and tons of videos and these videos go into great detail on stuff that you're not going to hear in the media. You're not going to hear it in school. This is all stuff that, um, they go into great detail about all these carvings on rocks found like thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago showing, and there's countless cases of this. And they have proof in these videos. They'll show you where these people were drawing because they didn't have books back then. They were drawing on the caves of this bird that had landed and these people walking out of their mouth. And they were giving them gifts like mushrooms or, or freaking, um, whatever, marijuana, whatever the gift, they were coming here to help people to, you know, um, to, uh, you know, what's the right word? To build their consciousness, to make them, to evolve the race of people. And, um, but there, anyway, if you, if you, anyone watching wants to learn more, the guy is very addicting. If you get in there, you'll, you'll be watching all kinds yeah. of videos. <laughs> A lot of good stuff. <laughs> I came across Gaia myself, uh, was it like a, a few years back? And I started, I started analyzing a lot of their theories and, and a lot of their videos with a lot of the ancient texts. And there's some serious marry-ups that were like, yeah, like I read that verbatim in the actual source document that they say it came from. 
and that's like a hundred percent how how it went down. Like it's, it's just like a it's like paper and video, like right right there. So that's a really good source if you guys want to check it out. That's guy is very very good. Now, so so we've talked a lot about different things going into this. Um, one thing I want to talk about is. I want to get into more of like what's waking up mean because I feel like I think it's important to discuss um, because a lot of this stuff we talk about, we don't know the answers. You know, we can sit here and hypothesize what things could be, what was written in a book. But one thing I always find interesting about something that's real is something that you've experienced yourself. And those, to me, those are the best conversations to have with somebody. Um, it's like when you talk to somebody who, who's really into religion and you go up to them and you talk to them, they can quote the Bible all day long and tell you all these things that are written in a book. And it, it reminds me of that movie, Goodwill Hunting, where in Goodwill Hunting, have you seen Goodwill Hunting? Yeah. I'm sorry. With Robin yeah. Williams, Matt Damon. There was this one scene where um, Matt Damon's in the room with, um, it's, he's, it's a therapist session. And Robin Williams, the therapist, and Matt Damon says, starts quoting all these things from books because he's a genius. He's read all thousands and thousands of books. He's quoting all this stuff. And Robin Williams says, you know, I can't learn anything from you that I can't read in some fucking book. But if you want to talk about who you are and what's going on with you, then I'm all ears because I can't learn that anywhere else. So for me, like when I think of like something real, it's like, what have you experienced? Like, what's what's your experience? Like. I don't want to know what's read in a, written in a book because I could go read the book and find that out. So let's, let's talk about some, some personal stuff now. So <clears throat> when it comes to, like for me, when I think back on my, the moment that I really woke up and I think about what was the most prevalent thing that I experienced, because it was a long experience. Like if, this podcast would probably go for like five, six hours if we were to try to talk about everything that goes on. But like something I found really interesting on the psychedelic experience was this kind of, you mentioned it earlier, like it was this belief structure. This, like I, I noticed it was like, it was showing me, I went into this psychedelic experience with a lot of beliefs. I call them like pillars like all these beliefs, this is the way this is, this is the way this is, this is the way this is. And I had this really nice box that I feel like surrounded me and protected me from the rest of the world. And this belief system, as long as, as, long as the foundation was holding up, I felt safe because I was surrounded by this belief. And it, that, that foundation had been holding up for me for a long time. And so I... Um, but it was weird because when I went into the psychedelic experience, all those beliefs didn't mean shit. Like they didn't exist. They just didn't exist. I mean, I was just there and I was experiencing it. It didn't matter what the fuck I believed. It was happening right now in front of me. This is happening. Whether you believe it or not, it's already there. And, you know, I, I think about it a lot, like, <clears throat> I think about it, like, in terms of dying, right? The moment that we're, like, we all got to die, right? But let's say, like, the day it's your time to die, Chase, and, you're, and you die, and you're about to pass into the next whatever place it is, and you start to see these things. And, you're, and then you, you, you say, hang on, pause, 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 wait, this isn't what I believe, no, 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 no. I, I, this is, no, no. We got to re rewind for a second. Like, we got to redo this because I don't believe this. It doesn't work like that, right? Like, wh when you die, you don't have a choice to say, hey, no, no, no. I, I believe this, not that. So I can't do this. You know, no one gives a fuck what you believe. It's just, it's going to happen because it's what it is. Indeed. Right? Yes, indeed. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, shit, too. Yeah, the concept of death, man. Um, that was that was another so my my process was like was was different like you went into your experience with these pillars and 
for me, it was like almost a complete opposite because I was going into my journey with no pillars. It was like, I don't know what the, mm. what the fuck to believe. I was like, okay. where I was, it's like, it's like you're in a pool and you're drowning and you're trying to figure out how to swim on the fly. And mm. it's like, how? And whereas like for you, it was like, okay, I know how to do the freestyle, but like, there's gotta be a better way to swim. That's more efficient. You know what I mean? Like mm. I was, I was drowning in information. I was drowning in, 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 in confusion. And I was just like, I feel something. And I know I have this instinct to float. I know I have this instinct to swim, but I'm 20 feet under right now and I have no idea, right? But all I know is that someone told me that I need to be afraid of this one thing called death, right? And uh. it's like, why Why do they all point to the same direction? Like, what? what, what is this? So I started unpackaging all of this. And eventually what I, what I found out, and, you know, drum roll, please, because <laughs> eventually what I found out was that death doesn't exist. And it's it's actually just a transition and it's a frame of mind, because if anything, we're dead right now and we become alive after we put down the body because of consciousness. Right. is expanding your existence and expanding the knowledge of your existence. Your body is a vehicle now for you to experience that existence in a way that was predetermined and chosen for a specific reason as determined by the, the greater universe. Right. When you shed this physical form and you go on to the next phase of life, see, life doesn't stop and start. That's like asking where hot and cold, where does hot start and where does cold begin? It's like a thermometer. This is my favorite analogy, right? If I, if I gave you a thermometer, right, and I said, point at the place where hot starts and where cold begins, you couldn't do it because there's no set temperature <laughs> that says this is hot and this is cold. There's no it's no threshold. It's all relative. Somebody might think 30 yeah. degrees is hot. Somebody might think, you know, 80 degrees is cold, depending on where they're from in their background. Right. Death is the same thing. It's so fluid that it's a transition into another phase of life, because even after you leave here, like mm. even people that don't believe in a life after death, you're going to experience something, even if you think that thing is nothingness. So in order to best prepare you for that transition, the purpose of this life is to expand your awareness beyond the physical so you can best be geared to walk in the shoes that you need to walk in proverbially when you get out of here. Because you're, you're going to have a mission when you get out of here. You're going to have a purpose and a duty. And that's going to be based on how well you prepared and what you became aware of in this lifetime. So that's my perspective on mm -hmm. that. Yeah, yeah. You know, speaking of death, it makes me think of a lot of different things because, you know, <clears throat> now I'm going to, I'm going to say something that can be very sensitive to people, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, so on the topic of suicide, right now, I'm not condoning this, this message isn't to condone anyone to kill themselves or anything like that. You know, if you think you want to kill yourself, then you should seek help. Okay, I'm just going to say that as just like a legal disclaimer. <laughs> but when it comes to suicide, because I've been on my mind a lot lately, and it's not that I'm thinking about killing myself, but just the topic of suicide has been on my mind. And Alan Watts, are you familiar with Alan Watts? Yeah, man. I, yeah, we. <laughs> I'm familiar with Mr. Alan. Yeah, Alan Watts was a famous psychonaut, and he was a famous speaker, and he did a lot of things. And one topic, there was this one recording I was listening listen on a seminar he was speaking at, and he said the one question everyone has to ask themselves was, do I kill myself or not? And that's, that was like the main question in anyone's life. And it's just, it's interesting because like when you, because when you think about it, like what you were saying a minute ago, like if I'm going to die... And when I die, it expands my consciousness and it takes me to this next level. So why am I staying here? Why am I staying in this level? Why don't I just hit the exit button and move on to the next thing? I'm like, I'm kind of done here. Let's, let's go on to something better now. This one's kind of dull now. <laughs> like, I'm tired of going to my nine to five every day. Like, like I'm, I'm, I'm done with this. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Because it's a weird topic, and a lot of people don't talk weird. about it. Like, as soon as you say suicide, like, you know what's funny? I said suicide the other day. My wife's laptop was, was in the other side of the room, popped up, and said, 
if you're feeling like you want to hurt yourself, please dial this number. Yeah. And I was like, what the yeah. fuck? That computer heard me talking yeah. about That's that. the AI algorithm. But anyway, what are your thoughts Dude, on that? I'm going to put this out there for everybody with the same like kind of disclaimer. Like, hey, if you are thinking about hurting yourself, don't. Okay. Um, but but <laughs> what I'm what I am going to say is going to be a little bit controversial. And I, I want everybody to understand this from a spiritual perspective, right? If you are on this journey, and I will say this in big, bold letters, if you are on this journey that you're on right now, this process of spiritual awakening, right, and you've had any nominal level of success in learning anything, and the thought of suicide has not crossed your mind, you haven't learned shit. That's <laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> you haven't learned shit. I love like, I'm, I'm being serious because the thing is – the, see the key to awakening right because that's an, a beautiful moment when that when that thought crosses your mind yeah. and and mm. i'm going to tell you that society says okay be afraid of that thought that's a bad thought because yeah. society yeah. is so attached to the physical that that's all they know but when yeah. you yourself as a spiritually awakened individual now are like hey this thought crossed my mind it's because you're starting to release attachment from the physical realm, which is the whole point of awakening. Uh, I like that. Point. I like your that. attachment is starting like to like, I don't need, you're realizing I don't need to be here to live. I can live elsewhere. Mm. And that's, the yeah. whole, that's, that's what it the is. Point. That's what it is. Exactly. It's not, it's not like the old, the old ideas when you, Oh, I'm so depressed. I want to kill myself. Yeah. No, it's like exactly what you just said. It's like, no, i I understand what's happening here now and why am I keeping myself here? You know, <laughs> and you have to kind of, you have to readdress that. Like you, it's a serious question that you're going to have to, when you become, like you just said, when you become awake, that's going to be a serious question that you're going to have to really consider. And it's in a different context than the original question where most people are at, where they're just depressed and they don't know why and they want the pain to yeah. stop. But it's, this is not that. This is totally different, right? <laughs> I like the way you phrase that. Now, I will say, that was I will say this, right? When, when we go back to the concept of, remember, death isn't real, right? Then that adds another layer on top of it because you're like, wait a minute. If yeah. death is not real, and even if I kill myself, I'm not technically dying, then what is this whole experience and why are these thoughts crossing my mind? And the whole point of it is this, right? This is the, this is the big kicker. The whole point of it is that you are constantly dying every millisecond that you have a new thought. You are re literally reinventing yourself in every moment because the existence is all in the mind. This entire thing is a spiritual and mental process of expression. There's this physical mm. substance that you feel, your body, your skin, your hair, everything is a physical representation of your outward projection of your reality. Which is why you see people with mm. like different psychological disorders that might look in the mirror and think they look like something else, or they think they're somebody else. Yeah. And the and the real and I'm and I'm keeping it real with you. Like the real deal of this is that you are constantly dying. Like your cells, right? Let's take your cells for example. Your cells, on average, ever, the average human being, cells will split uh, about fifty times in a lifetime. So you literally have a new body fifty times in your life. Right mm -hmm. now with your mind, if your mind affects your body, your mind can literally change your body. Your spirit can literally change your body. You are constantly reinventing yourself and death is a constant process. You are annihilating yourself and recreating yourself in every moment that you exist with a physical body or not. So once you realize that, because death is nothing but annihilation of falsehood. That's really it. The annihilation of the temporary. Mm -hmm. That's all death is. It's a shedding. It's like a butterfly coming out of a cocoon. That's it. Mm. Yeah, I like that. But we're taught to, you know, be scared of it. We're taught to, we're taught to, well, first of all, commercialize it. Second of all, we're taught to feel all these bad feelings about it. And there's really no necessity to because it's actually a glorious thing, especially when you lived your life in a way that is, has pushed you toward this path of enlightenment then this transition is actually a positive and it's not a negative and it's inevitable. So like, why should I be scared of something that is going to happen whether I want it to or not? That like, you understand, <laughs> like you're automatically insane at that point. If you're living your entire life scared <laughs> of something that is going to happen, like mm. that's, 
it doesn't get any you're already in a state of disease when you when you come into the world like that. <laughs> like you're already sick and psychologically messed up because that's the way they made us you know and now you mm-hmm. have to undo that and like all of you here on on this call right now are, are taking those steps and so like hats off i don't have a hat on glasses off to you guys for for, for being on this journey man because you're you're like maybe the 0.5 percent maybe the 0.5 percent yeah yeah totally yeah now <clears throat> so moving on from that topic now which again i think is such an amazing topic to really talk about and not not in a negative way but in a real way like to just really have that conversation and not be so scared that the stigma like you said the s word what did you say you know what i mean and police are at your door 10 minutes i'm, I'm i bet you the police are, someone might have heard this i might have police knocking at my door here in a few minutes and um so i mean but to talk about it in a way that's you feel safe to talk about it like it's weird like but it's, a, it's anyway it's a really interesting topic we we'll probably talk more on it another time i think but um let's see something another another thing i think is good to talk about right now is um for uh you mentioned something earlier, you know, how I'm you and you're the TV and everything around you is the same. And I, I wanted to kind of build off of that a little bit because I think that's very, very important um, from my experience. Because when I went through my psychedelic experience, I, uh, it was weird. It was, it was, it was, it was so weird the way that it was shown to me, but I remember it. And, what, and just for those listening, if you haven't been on a, a, a major megadose life-changing hero's journey experience, you, it's okay if you don't understand a lot of these things that I'm saying, because honestly, the truth is I, I can't explain them through words because the stuff that I experienced wasn't being spoken to me through words. It was being shown to me through another way of viewing everything which involves your spirit just feeling everything. And it was so weird because the feelings were so intense that I had this visual, I was downloading information way faster, like in the matter of time that it took me to just say this part of this conversation, I downloaded like, it felt like a year's worth of information in that amount of time because I didn't have to sit there and try to get the right words to explain it. It was just like, bam, it's like, oh my God. what just happened and but you feel it there's a part of you where you can see things with your eyes you can talk and hear with your mouth but there's a whole nother part of you where you can just feel everything and i think that's the spiritual part of you and that's the way it communicates which is why we like emotions so much i think but what i what i was going to get at was when i was there and i was going through this there was this moment where I realized that I was there with other people and I had someone leading the trip, occupying the space to make sure everyone was safe. And I looked up at that person and it was weird. I'll I'll start from where it happened. So I was, I remember I was laying on the ground. I'm in the mud and the rocks, right? Laying on the ground and I open my eyes and I look up and I'm in the garden of Eden. At the time I was very big Christian going into this. And so my, most of my foundation that I believed was on, on, on Jesus Christ and everything like that. And so I woke up and I was in the Garden of Eden. And, um, but it was weird because I was Jesus Christ. Like I was Jesus, but my name was still Oliver, but I was Jesus. And I was like, how is this possible? And I wasn't, I mean, I was like, I had graduated to this ne- the, like the next level. It felt like I had just went to another level and I was like all powerful. I was like, I was God. Like I just, I remember like, holy crap. I could feel the power. It was insane. But I, and I, I was like, I'm Jesus Christ, but how am I Jesus Christ? What am I missing? I kept saying, what am I missing? Like something, like I, maybe the reason I said, what am I missing was because I couldn't understand what was being shown to me. Like, this isn't what I believe. And then something else happened. I looked up and my friend that was leading it, he said, he smiled. I still remember the smile. He smiled. He looked down on me and it was like his face was glowing white. 
He said, Hey, how you doing? And he was God. And I was like, I was like, no way. <laughs> I was like, he's like, yeah. And I was like, no, no way. He's like, yeah. And then, but then it got weird. Then it got really weird. Like it was all fun and games. And then all of a sudden I looked around at the other people had my face. There was this lady in the water. She was, she was on mushrooms and she was like flopping in the water. And she looked over at me smiling and said, hi. But she had my face. And I was like, what the hell? And then I looked back at the dude that was, I seen as God and I couldn't see his face anymore. All I could see was the back of his head. And it was like, I was being pushed closer and closer to the back of his head until I came out the front of his face. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, I'm him. And then I was like, I am God. I am him. I am her. I am everybody. And all of a sudden I had the realization that you talked about where like, holy crap, everybody's me. I am everybody. And that's the oneness that I think a lot of people refer to, but you experienced that. And that was how it was shown to me. And, um, and I think the reason that I had the garden of Eden and the Jesus Christ and all that experience was because that was my foundation. And it was literally using that to destroy my foundation. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it was like, this is what you believe. Okay. We'll use that. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then the next thing I know I was in, and it got really, really weird after that. But anyway, what are your thoughts on, on that? <laughs> Dude, I remember the first time you told me the story and like, I think like, I think I had like the biggest smile on my face that I had probably like <laughs> in a few years. And I'm like watching you tell this story and like how it's so mind blowing for you. And I was like, I was like, yeah, I'm in the right place. Like, so, um, yeah. Wow, man. Like it, it kind of just goes to show like, cause again, like I've never done a mushroom trip ever. And like, it's like, we reached the same, we reached the same realization, but through like two totally different processes. Like mine was more of like a spiritual, a process of spiritual study, like head banging in books for years and, you know, med constant meditation basically. And yeah. yours was, you know, an experience that awoke you to what actually was. And it was just like this massive realization. Um, and I think, I think we all can take something away from that and realize that we are all the same. And that is that is the totality of our experience here. We only look different and have different bodies because this is the way, you know, we all have different lessons we need to learn. We all have we all have different tasks that we need to accomplish. But at the end of the day, we all came from the same exact source and we're all an expression of the same exact source, just in a different, different, slightly different way. You know, and I think if we can all remember that, because the whole point of this, you know, it's to take away things that we can apply to our everyday lives. So you're not walking out in the regular world feeling crazy all the time. So I think we can all take away from, you know, Oliver's story is, Hey, like everything is a part of you. So you have the power to, to manipulate anything in the way that you want, because it's a part of you. And not to say, you know, try to take advantage of one person or another, but realize that there is an innate connection between you and literally everything else around you inanimate or animate and i think if you just step outside you know sometime after this call and, and take a breath of fresh air and just think i am everything i think hey like half of these depression pills that you know some people might need to take would would, would go bankrupt you know what i mean just off of that back you know and that that's a big a big reason that i'm we're starting season two this way with cured mushrooms being awakened is because one thing I've noticed is as I go through my new life, I feel like I was reborn and the new way that I, cause when, when you lose all your beliefs, you're going to feel like you're reborn because everything you look at is different. Now you can't look at anything the same when you have no more beliefs and everything has to be reevaluated. Everything has to be rethought about because everything, it's funny how everything that you view right now is attached to a belief about the way that's supposed to be. And you don't realize it until your belief system's completely shattered and you come back and they call this part of the trip, they call it in the integration phase. Cause now you have to reintegrate yourself back into a world that you once knew that's now a different world. Right. 
And so <clears throat> the, one of the main reasons that I wanted to do season two this way was I want to talk about the things that for me, I, I felt awkward to talk about initially because it went against everything that most of my friends at that time believed. And I was this weirdo that did too much mushrooms and, and, you know, but as I meet more people that have had this experience, like you and my friend Josh and Kevin, and a lot of, um, I've, I've started to meet so many people that have had similar experiences and I want to, and it's interesting when you have one of these experiences, right? It's, it's like, that's what you want to talk about. Like I get bored listening to someone tell me about how they cut the grass or how they're going to go to the store and try to see if there's some good fruit. All I see, like all I want to hear about is like, I want to talk about this. <laughs> like, this is like the only thing that's interesting to me is this. And I think that's why we're doing season two this way is to talk about this stuff. And it makes me so happy to finally just speak about it publicly instead of feeling like, you know, I'm hiding in a box with what I know. And if I tell anybody, like nobody can know these things, like, no, why am I not? Why are we not telling everybody? Like I heard this one saying once they said, if you know, it's true, wouldn't you stand on a mountaintop and scream it? Or the only reason you wouldn't scream it is because you're not sure. And <clears throat> so anyway, <laughs> dude, um, I kind of want to touch on something you just said about uh, how you felt like you were reborn, right? And then I want to synthesize that with, you know, what you had said earlier with, uh, you know, the Alan Watts guy, like, hey, are you willing to kill yourself or not? And let's take those two ideas and mm -hmm. put them together. Like, Oliver, what happened to you, you, you died. That's exactly what happened. Like, you're not the same person that you were before that event, right? Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what I was talking about, about what death actually is. It's the annihilation of the self and the recreation of the self. But you didn't have to sacrifice anything or cut uh, your throat open yeah. or anything crazy to do that. You know, you did that purely through a process of spiritual development. And that's what death actually is. Mm -hmm. So here's a question that I pose, you know, as we get to close to the end now, like here's a question I pose to everyone. Are you willing to kill yourself or not? But by yourself, I mean the ego that is holding the fear in you mm -hmm. that is preventing you from attack from releasing attachment to all the old ideas and and, and yeah. standards that you held so yeah. near and dear to your heart are you willing to kill that part of yourself so you can finally discover yeah. who you actually are and that is what death actually like is that's the only suicide that you guys need to, need to and then really it's not even suicide <laughs> it's, it would be murder at that point because it's not really even yourself the real you is yet to come dude i love, love that you know, and it's funny, I've heard people talk about the death of the ego, but when you just said it that way, it's like it just clicked in my head. Like, <laughs> now we're about, um, that time, that hour went by quick, yeah, man. didn't it? Zoom, zoom, man. That's how, that's how time goes, man. Time just, when you're on this realm, time just evaporates. It's weird, yeah. Now, to close out this episode one, I think one of the biggest challenges I ever faced when after I came back from my awakening moment and I was trying to reintegrate, trying to just wrap my head around what the hell just happened? Like I, w I couldn't even talk to anyone for like two days because I just didn't even know what to say. And I heard I had another guy hit me up. I'll probably bring him on a podcast for season two, but, um, he, he was telling me about his moment, um, waking up. And one of his biggest questions was what, what do I, he asked, he's asking me, he's like, what do I do now? Like, what do I do with this information? Like, okay, I understand. I'm, you know, I'm, I am God and I am everyone and everyone is me. And and I have this new understanding of what this whole place really is. But then it's like, well, what do I do now? Like, I think that's going to be a big question on anyone's mind when they wake up and they have that moment. They're going to want to know, like, 
what do I do? Like, okay, I, I'm not, I don't want to kill. Like, obviously, you might think, okay, should I kill myself? Is that the right answer? You get past that. And then you get to the point where it's like, well, what, what do I do with my life now with this new understanding? Because the old shit doesn't work for me anymore. So what are your thoughts on that? And then we'll close this out. I will say this to everyone. If you've been on that journey and you've reached that point and, and you're here now and, and, you know, and, and you guys might notice, but like, you know, the amount of people that were with us when we started and the amount of people that are with us now, that means you guys are getting something. And for those that are here, I think you guys already know the answer to that question within your own spirit. But the real question is, are you too afraid to do it? Everyone has already had that inkling like, OK, I, I have a I have an, an inkling, a tiny feeling within me. Right. Because I can't tell you what that feeling is for you. But if you've been through all of this and you've gotten all this enlightenment, and you're here at this point. I know you've had a thought in your mind. that's like this is where my life needs to go. This is if I didn't have any fear. What would I do? And that's, that's the first question you need to ask yourself. In order to answer that, that first question, ask this question. If I had no fear, what would I do? With the knowledge that I have now, and I wasn't scared of anything, bills, you know, keeping the lights on, anything, what would I do? And then figure out how to integrate that answer into your everyday life with this information intact. Because for me and, and Oliver, like making sure everyone else is aware of it, this information and, and this the actual reality of the world that's our purpose you know you may have a the same role you may have a different role but at the end of the day it's it's, it's hit you in the chest at some point probably by now now the question is without fear are you willing to go forth you know yeah you know it kind of when you when you talk about that it makes me it makes me remember like navy seal training yeah. when i used to watch those tv shows um, and you, you work with the SEALs and stuff with you, what you do in the Navy. But for me, I remember I watched some of the TV shows and they were, they were reality shows. They were showing the actual SEALs. And I remember this one scene in Buds where they had to swim underwater the length of the pool and then come yeah. back. And it was a ridiculous length. And I mean, I could never make that length. And, but when I watched it, I noticed like almost half the people couldn't finish the whole length of the way back without drowning underwater yeah. and they would bring them back to life. And then I had this realization in my mind at the time, I remember thinking they want to see if people are willing to die. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. They want to know, will you die for this? Because if you come up for air, that means you didn't want it bad enough. They wanted to know, are you willing to die the whole time in buzz? They're trying to see, are you willing to die for what this is? And, and it's, it's kind of what we're talking about right now, where you're talking about, are you willing to like fear of death? Right. <clears throat> I made the length of the pool actually when I did it, but the only, the only thing that got me across is that I was, I, my concept of death at that point was already like, you know, beyond me. And if I didn't have the concept of death that I, that I have now that I learned before going into that experience, I wouldn't have made it. I probably would have came up for air, mm -hmm. but I was like, if I was like, it's, I don't even care. Like that's, that's how it was for me. I didn't care. And, you know, you, you mentioned something else to me, um, I don't know, a week or so ago, but you, you mentioned how when you were in the ocean and you know how they make like the, the SEAL trainees, they'll make them like go into the ocean when it's really cold yeah. and you have to withstand the yeah. cold, right? And people are in there shivering and shaking. And can you talk about what you told me, like how you weren't, the way you explained what cold was at that oh, time? Oh, yeah. So, so cold for me at that point was nothing but the reaction of my body experiencing the lower vibration of molecules that are in the water. That's, that's all your body's reacting to. Mm. So with that, I was able to, I learned uh, a bunch of breath control techniques. I was like one of the only guys who knew about this at the time. And uh, they came from Wim Hof. Who, you know, he does a whole bunch of Arctic plunges and stuff. And I like literally mastered these techniques to the point where I could control my body temperature in the water so like i wasn't cold anymore because i could use my breathing to speed up the rate of vibration of my body to counterbalance the lower vibration of the water and when you realize everything's vibrational literally everything you experience is vibrational that's universal law and when you have that fundamental understanding you can manipulate your own body in ways that is like unprecedented 
now for like the closing part of this, like, so the message you're, you're telling people is if you've had this awakening experience, what you do with it now is you just find out, it's almost like you're telling people to go out and find your purpose. Like go out, if death isn't a factor, go out and just figure out what do I want to do and, and do that. Your life now becomes almost the way you're saying it is kind of just like reset and go find your path now Yes. on what, with your new understanding of things. You are reborn. Go figure it out. You've died. You've come back to life. Go figure figure it out. out. You've got a second (laughs) chance. Go figure it out. Go figure it out. I like that. I like that. Go figure it out. Now that you're reborn and you've got this new understanding and you're asking me, what do I do with this? Go figure it out. (laughs) Go figure it out. Figure it, as I say in the military, figure it the fuck out. (laughs) Figure it out. You know, and that's actually a good answer because it's as good as answers I could give anybody because I'm still figuring it out for myself. I don't know. I know that one, my dad told me, he's like, or I don't know if it was my dad. Someone told me, they said, I think it was my buddy, Michael. But anyway, it was, you're going to, you'll just go live your life with this new understanding. That's what you get out of this. You get to live your life with seeing things the way they really are. And so... <clears throat> So whether you are going to go figure it out or you're just going to live your life, I think those are kind of related statements in the sense that you're going to go live your life and figure out now what your purpose is in this new life. Because like Chase said, you're basically died and reborn. You had a purpose, whatever that was before you died. Now that you're reborn and you're living, you're a new person now. You got to find your new path in this place. I like the way Chase referred to that as death and being, and you did die because that, that kind of really helps, I think, put it into context of what happens. And really, when you think of it like that, it allows you to really move forward, I think, with the right ideas on what to do. Um, and, you, you, and it, you know, I would say too, I would say follow your heart. I, one thing I've always done and I still do is I remember, um, what was that president's name? Um, that one from Texas, Bush, president Bush. Yeah. Yeah, President Bush. I remember I watched him on an interview once and they said, how do you make up your mind on make decisions and stuff? And he says, Oh, I've always been a gut man. I just follow my gut. And I think that's that's really a good way to view things in the sense that follow your gut, follow your heart, whatever you want to call that, that feeling that's going to guide you. I call it my compass because that compass for me will guide me where I need to go. The only thing you're going to have a challenge with is not having the courage to follow what it's telling you to do, but you have to be able to listen to it and not even understand what it's telling you to do. You might not know logically why you need to go do that, but you feel that you need to do that. And so I would say follow your compass. <laughs> That's what I <laughs> Your new compass, the new one that you got now. <laughs> perfect, way, perfect way to wrap it up. Couldn't, couldn't use better words myself. So do you have any, um, so well, anyway, so thanks for, um, joining me today, Chase. Um, I really appreciate it. I thought this was actually a really good way to start season two off. Um, and for those of you who want to learn more about Panther, Chase Panther, you can call it, they can call you Panther, yeah, of right? Course. Yeah. My call. So if, if you want to learn more about Panther, um, you can go to sharpsurvivalist.com. That's his website, and um, you can learn more about the stuff he's doing and stay up to date with him there. And um, do you want to talk about Sharp Survivalist before we go? And like what you mentioned, the spiritual side that I thought would be pretty 
interesting probably to a lot of people here. Yeah, so uh, basically Sharp Survivalist is essentially what it sounds like. I, I teach people survival skills and, and basically it's all about emergency prepared, prepared preparedness and survival stuff. But uh, all that aside, what, where my purpose is, I want to help people reconnect with their environment. Uh, from a spiritual standpoint, because you can't be in tune with the universe around you if you're not in tune with your your natural surroundings, right? So uh, that's where my passion comes in. I love being outdoors. I love being outside because it, it gives me, when I touch the grass, it gives me an entirely different feeling. So um, anything that I can do to help people connect with their natural environment, that's what I'm about. So that's what we do at uh, Sharp Survivalist. That's what we're all, that's what we're all about. And your, your background too, you 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 have a lot of background in the navy and stuff that you've done about survivalist tactics so a lot of the stuff you train is stuff that you live and you've been doing for a long time professionally <laughs> yeah for a long time um a lot of it more miserable <laughs> than anything but um the bare bones of it is be connected with your environment and know how to know how to exist in your environment without anything else supporting you and and that is the the key to life itself yeah. So anybody wanting to learn more about connecting with your environment, I encourage you to go check out sharpsurvivalist.com and everything Chase is doing. I know for me, I've definitely gained, um, I've definitely gained way more appreciation for nature and the stuff that, um, ever since my connection with nature now. And so it's definitely a good thing learning these survival skills. So, um, well, cool. Um, that's all good. So, and then for me to close out, I just want to say, you know, if you want to learn more about curative mushrooms and what we do here at Curative Mushrooms, um, then you can check us out at curativemushrooms.com. And um, do you have any closing statements before we 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 close out for today? Uh, it was a pleasure to be here with all of you. Um, I look forward to being here again in the future. Um, again, if you want to learn anything more about me or, or even just to reach out and, you know, talk about some of the stuff we, we talked about today, uh, you can find me at sharpsurvivalist.com. And my, again, my closing question to all of you is, if you didn't have any fear, what would you do? Figure it out. All right. Thanks, bro. And thanks, everyone, for joining us today. And stay tuned. We're going to have a lot more episodes coming out here soon. And all in, in regards to the different... Um, topics related to waking up. So let's get woke up together. Much love. We'll, we'll see you guys later. Hey, thanks for listening. And if you'd like to learn more about how we help sad people improve their mental health by growing happy mushrooms at home using an all-in-one simple growing system that doesn't require any complicated instructions or expensive equipment, then check us out at curativemushrooms.com. Psilocybin remains illegal under the federal law in the United States. Legal under the federal law in the United States. We do not advocate for, endorse, or intend for this pod or intend for this podcast to be used to violate federal law. Curative Mushrooms has to post the standard FDA disclaimer. The statements made regarding medicinal mushrooms have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. The efficacy of these products has not been confirmed by FDA-approved research. Creative Mushrooms is not making claims intended to die.